Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here's your host, Marina Maria. Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Paul Lanusa from Phoenix Church of His Presence in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you very much, Pastor Paul, for coming to share a sermon called, You Can Be Used by God. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Good afternoon. It's good to be with you this afternoon. And it's been an exciting time just thinking about what God can do in our lives. This, today, I would like to talk to you about that, you know, you could really, truly be used of God. A lot of people, honestly, don't think that they can be used of God. They look at themselves and they can see their faults. They can see uh, all the bad things about their lives. And they think to themselves, how could God ever use me? You know, who am I that God would even look at me because I'm, I'm just a nobody? And many times as children of God, we will have this in our mind. But one of the things that the Lord has always spoken to my heart is that you can be used of God. Everyone can be used of God. And there's just a couple things that we really need to see and understand that what God can do. And um, the, one of the first things that um, I want to do right now, let's just have a, a quick word of prayer, okay? Father, thank you for the time that we're together. God, you're just a wonderful Lord, God. And it's always to be good, always fun, always wonderful, Lord God, to be in your presence. I pray that you would take your word today, set it in our hearts, Lord God, as a seed. Lord, would you let it grow. And Father, that it would come forth in our lives and produce so much fruit for you. But more than anything else, I pray that, God, you would give us hearing ears to tell us how much you really do care and how much you really love us and how much you are so concerned about us in the sense of let me show them who they are through my eyes. And so I pray today, Lord, as we get into your word, as we look at what the word says, that God, you would touch us our, touch us in our lives, touch our hearts, and God, let us see our lives in your hands and what we as your children can do. And we thank you and ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. One of the things that we as Christians must really come to know and realize is that we actually can talk to God. For some reason, we have gotten this idea in our head that God is this God that's way far off. And when we have that idea, it's almost like it's like we, we want to distance him. And not necessarily that we want to distance him, but because of the way we have been taught sometimes, he's just distant. But God has never been distant. God truly wants to have a talk with you. He wants to interact with you. He wants for you to get to know his voice and to talk with him. And you can find this that, let's use Adam. Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, and in chapter 3 does the whole story. But Adam and Eve are in the garden, and they're, they're the caretakers. But one thing that I've always enjoyed is there's that time where uh, God comes walking through the garden and he calls out to Adam, 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 where are you at? And then Adam comes out and he says, here I am, Lord. Adam, why were you hiding? Because we were naked, God. Who told you you were naked? And then the story goes on about the serpent. And, you know, yeah, we, we talk about that. But the one thing is, is as you look at it, God is calling Adam and talking to Adam. Adam is responding back. Later on in the story, Eve is talking, and God's talking back to her. So there is communication there. There is man, our God talking to man, man talking to God. So we need to understand in the very beginning, there is communication. So when you're used of God, the first thing that you need to understand is that you can communicate. God is not that far away. But I'd like to bring out another point. So just in case you're, you're wondering, okay, Brother Paul, 
Uh, you tell me about Adam and Eve, but how about is there any more? Let's take Abraham. Uh, Genesis chapter 18, verses 17 to 33. This is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Before um, God goes to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, you know, it's not right that I should do this thing without talking to Abraham. And he stops by Abraham's camping place. And Abraham runs out, hey, please come in, come in. Uh, take some rest. Uh, have, have some food with us. And they come in. And as they're having that time together, God finally comes to the point and says, you know, uh, Abraham, I'm on my way down. Uh, Sodom is going to, has reached that point where its sin is so great. And now I'm going to have to destroy it. And Abraham looks at that and he knows about Sodom. He's probably have, has been there and knows, you know, seen the people and, and lots down there. And so Adam just begins to think about it. And now he has this conversation with God. Well, Lord, what if there's 50 righteous? Would you save it? And, and this conversation goes on with, with God and, and Adam. And if you take a look at it, you really see that Adam truly knows that he can speak with God. And, and, and God is so very open to what uh, Abraham is saying. And so as you go through this, the final thing is, is you know, Abraham's like, well, God, please don't be upset with me, but what if there's only 10? Abraham, if there's only 10, for your sake, I will gladly save it. And then they go on their way. Of course, we know that Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. But the point is, when they go down, they save Lot and his family. There's a relationship there. You know, he's, they talk with with Lot, and they 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 bring Lot out with his family, and we know the rest of the story. But the whole thing is, again, we see that God wants to have communion, that communication. You know, He wants to talk, and He wants us to speak back with Him. One last one that I like to bring out. It's in the New Testament, and it's in this one. There's not so much talking, but that we can very much hear. And that's what I want you to understand. You can hear the voice of God. You can know it as the voice of God. And in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 7, we see Jesus, Peter, and then John on the mountain. And this is, you know, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. But in Matthew 17, it says, And after six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into the high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. So the point is, <laughs> they heard God. And folks, I'm not going to say that you're going to always fall down on your face when the voice of God comes and speaks with you. But when God begins to talk with you, you and you get to know his voice, it will change your life forever because in your mind, it's like, wow, God, really, I can hear him. He talks with me. And it also becomes a situation where as he's talking with you, it's like, wow, God, I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm enjoying it. One of the things that, that people have such a hard time with is believing that God hears what they talk about or that God knows. We assume so many times that God knows everything. And But because we assume he knows it, we don't tell him about it. I had a situation in my life where um, God just stopped me one day and he said, Paul, I need you to talk to me on such and such topic. I said, but God, you already know about it. He says, in your mind, he says, you think I know it. Remember, Paul, you think I know it. But because you haven't told me, you're not really sure if I have or not, even though in theory, I've said it to you, uh, the word has said it to you. He said, so I want you to take this subject and until you're finished 
with getting it out of your heart. I want you to tell me everything about it. <laughs> Took me three months to get everything that God had talked talk to me about out of my heart. But at the end of three months, I remember we I started a conversation with God and I heard myself repeating myself and I stopped and I said, you know what, Lord? I think I've said everything I could on the subject. And God said, good. Now, having spoken it all to me, you know that I've heard you, right? I said, yes, Lord. I, I know that you know everything because I personally told you. God said, good. Now, Paul, will you put it in my hands that I can take care of it all? I said, gladly, Lord. You know, he said, good. Thank you. And I always say that God turned at that point and he walked off. But you see, the point was, until I started talking to God and telling him everything, I would just assume that he knew about it. And then my expectations were such that, you know, if something went wrong, you know, I it, it just like, but you knew about it, God. But I had never spoken about it. I had never really prayed about it, you know, like I should. So that's what I'm saying, folks, that, you know, one of the things you can be used of God. But first of all, learn to communicate with him. You see, God is not that far away. And as you begin to have that talk, that relationship with him, and get to know his voice, it gets wonderful. And, and ministry takes off. The other thing is, in being used of God, a relationship is important. A lot of people, do you know how much we ignore God? <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Sit down one day and take everything that you do and just write it down for one day and see how much time you actually do spend with God. Now, years ago, I, I had, I had uh, looked up the statistics and I haven't done it lately. But years ago, when I was like in my teens, <clears throat> the average time that a person spent with God per day at the moment was like three minutes. It wasn't very much at all. And in that time, it's like three minutes. What can you say in three minutes? In a, at the very end of the year, we figured out that you had spent something like three and a half days with God talking to him out of a whole year. And when you have 365 days, that's a lot of time that we have ignored him. But one of the things that you think about is when you have a relationship with anybody. Uh, now, I was in the church when I talked to my, my people. I said, okay, guys. You know, and ladies, especially those of you who are married, what would you do if your husband just quit talking to you? You know, didn't say a word, just expected you to do things. And they would, have, they would get these smiles on their faces. And one of our ladies one day said, you know, Brother Paul, you know what I would do. And she said, um, I'd probably not wash his clothes. She said, I probably would make him get his own food. She said, I would sit there and I would force him to talk to me. And I said, why? She said, because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to just sit down and be ignored. Yet, how many times do we ignore God? How many times do we we walk away when we could be talking with Him? And um, my my thing again, I, I like science fiction. I'm a science fiction buff. And um, one time, God just had to just really check me and said, "Paul, you read science fiction? Yes, Lord. So, how much science fiction do you read? How long do you spend in it?" And it's like, oh. And Paul, how much time do you spend with me as compared to reading science fiction? It's like, ouch, that hurt. But the thing is, is that God just brought to my attention to, to, to make me realize that I wasn't spending the time. The great thing about spending time with God is the Bible talks about that the more time we spend with God, the more we begin to know his heart. And have you ever seen those men and women of God that... They, you, you get in their presence, and all of a sudden they just seem to have this really neat relationship where they'll be sitting with you, and all of a sudden you'll be talking about something, and they'll say, hey, excuse me one, one minute, um, are you facing this at the moment? Are, is this what you're experiencing in your life? And they go on, and they begin to talk to you about everything that's happened. We call it reading your spiritual email. And you always sit there and going, how did they do that? A lot of it is they've been talking with God. Folks, when you're talking with God, when you're in a relationship, when, when you're sitting there and it's like, oh, God, I love talking with you because as I talk with you, I, I, I hear you, I feel you in, your, in my heart. 
God, I begin to experience the wonderfulness of God coming through. And as God begins to reveal himself to you, he loves to tell you about things. He loves to talk to you about, um, you know, what's going to happen in the future. You know, he likes to encourage your heart of, hey, don't be discouraged about that. I'm here. There's so many things that God likes to, to, ex- to have you experience if you will just walk with him and talk with him, know about him, read about him, but have a relationship. I'm pretty sure if you're married that you just, you know, uh, looked at your wife, you know, here in America and looked at your wife and said, okay, we're getting married. Let's go. Boom. And got married. And all you do every day is just look at each other and say, yeah, we're married. Let's go. And just do things. No, you have to have a relationship. You have to build relationship. If you're going to have a good marriage, you have to speak to each other. If we're going to have a good relationship with God, we have to talk to God. We can't just sit there. We just can't, you know, just ignore him. You see, the more you talk to the Lord God, the more you get to know his heart. How do you know that when you walk into an area and there are people there? How do you know how to minister to them? How about if if you're on the street and you're walking by a homeless person? How do you know their need? You can assume it. But have you ever been somewhere where all of a sudden, because you have that wonderful relationship, God speaks to you and says, do this. Had a friend one time. He, um, he had a good relationship with God. God spoke to him. He walked into a Burger King. And he was standing behind this guy. And as he relates the story, he said, I listened to the guy and I heard him speaking about what he would want. He said he looked at his hand. He saw his money. And the guy was counting out his money to making, sh- making sure that he had enough money to pay for what he was going to order. And God spoke to my friend's heart. And said to him, buy his dinner, borrow lunch or whatever it was. I think it was dinner. And said, buy his dinner. And so he said, okay, I'll do that. And he stepped up behind the guy and he looked at the lady. He said, ma'am, get him whatever he wants. Said, my friend said, I'll pay for it. And the guy just looked at him. My friend smiled. (laughs) And um, so the guy ordered and then moved away. He thanked, thanked my friend. And then my friend went up and ordered his. Found a window. Um, found a window that he was could sit by. And as he was sitting by it, the guy walked over and said, "Can I sit with you here?" And my friend said, "Sure." And so as they were sitting there, the guy began to talk, and he said to my friend, "Why did you do this?" And my friend explained to him, he said, you know, I was behind you and God spoke to my heart and said, buy him dinner. And I did. And the guy said, you're a Christian. I said, yeah, I am a Christian. And they, my friend told me they begin to talk and begin to speak about this. And what happened then was that uh, the guy finally revealed, he said, I'm a backslidden Christian. He said, I was here today. I was wondering if God really cared about me. And he said, and then right about that time, he said, I ordered my, my, my dinner for tonight. And he said, and you stepped up and, and you paid for it. And now you're telling me God told you to do this? And, and my friend just laughed. He said, we, the, the guy and himself had this really good conversation. And as my friend had to leave, he said, the guy turned around and said to him, Sir, when I get home tonight, I'm going to have a good talk with the Lord again. You know, I've, I'm really thinking that it's time that I really look at my relationship with God and see what I need to do. But my friend, you know, he would never have had that relationship like that. He would have never have known what to do or how to go about it if he didn't have that relationship with God and actually speak to this guy as per God. You see, so... You can be used to God. Please understand again, you've got to communicate. You've got to have that relationship. But now, do you know personally that you, as an individual, have your own unique place in the kingdom of God? You know, that's where it gets exciting. People look at, that, look at themselves and they, they put themselves down so much uh, because there are so many uh, things that we we hold ourselves to so many standards and many times we don't meet our own standards and we have this bad idea 
about ourselves. But do you realize the Bible does say in, in, in Psalms that on the day that you were born, that God knew your members and he knew your name. And he wrote out a plan for your life. And when we accept Christ as our personal Savior, you know, God offers you the, this plan. He said, hey, listen, I've got a plan for your life. Would you be interested? But even more so than that, do you realize that in the Word of God, that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 and verses 18, that we as the body of Christ, that God, you know, has a special, unique, unique place just for us. Now, body of Christ, those who have accepted, you know, the Lord as their personal Savior, we call it the body of the church, right? The body of Christ. And we have many, many, many members, and, and all of them do different things. And when you think of a body, and you look at your body, you know, you ask yourself, well, if I'm the body of Christ, which part am I? Because, you know, our bodies are made up of, what, billions of cells? So where do you belong? You know, out of fun, some of my friends, oh, Paul, I'm part of the nose. I smell everything in the kingdom of God. And then some of my friends, oh, I'm, I'm the eye. My, some of my friends says, I'm the ear. And, and you no, know, we get into these fun conversations. But in 1 Corinthians, where it talks about um, that we're part of the body, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, on verse 14, it says, For the body is not one member, but many. And then verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. You see, in the, in the, in the body of Christ, you're just not something that uh, is just placed there crazily or just haphazardly. You're there because God has specifically placed you in that spot, in that very spot. Because the Bible says God placed you there. Now, here's, the, here's that wonderful thing to think about. You have your own world that you as an individual go around in. This is like your daily schedule. You might stop at the store on a certain day, or you might stop at a certain gas station. You know, there are certain people that you come in contact with, but this is your world. This is where you reach. And have you ever stopped to consider that where God has placed you, he has placed you there uniquely to meet the needs of that world? It's, it gets to be fun when you think about this. How many times do you walk in and let's say the storekeeper's name is George and you say, hey, George, good morning. How are you doing? And George looks at you and says, hey, I'm doing just fine. And how about your day? And you have this conversation. So what happens then if, if George is having a bad day? How many times have you reached out to put a smile back on his face, to cheer him up? How many times have you reached out and done something nice because in your heart, he's just one of your friends because you met him, you meet, you know, you meet him. He's a business friend, but you meet him. So many times there are things that are that you can do, so many people, and reach their lives. And it's because God has placed you uniquely where you're at. One of the my favorite stories is uh, the guy in New York. I, I don't know his name, I remember him. He was a black man that set up, uh, uh, he was on a corner and he had this big sign. And every morning he would go out there and he would stand and he would he would wave at people. He would grin at them. He would point at them. You know, he'd, he'd mouth, God bless you. Hello, how are you? And at first when he went out there, people were like, who is this guy? But pretty soon he had people waving back, smiling. Uh, he had a steady line of, 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 let's call them customers coming by, and they wanted to wave and say good morning to him. They'd roll down their windows and say good morning to him, and he'd say good morning to them. But he, during that rush hour traffic, he was always there greeting everybody, and he did it for years. And then all of a sudden, he disappeared from the corner. And everybody like, what happened to him? And they went out, his, his people, because I'll call them his people, these were those he ministered to. And yes, he was a Christian. They went to find out what happened. They found out that he was sick, and they then reached back out, back to him. Eventually, he was back on his corner waving. And you think, well, that doesn't mean anything, does it? You know, they were just doing something nice. Well, I followed his example. I have a, I'm a crossing guard at a school, and I sit on the corner. And, I w and the first day I was out there, I thought to myself, Lord, I am not going to just sit here on a corner and wave my sign. 
But God, I want to I want to be I want to be something that you want me to be. So God, I'm going to greet people. And I begin to pray for that corner. I always ask the Lord, 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 make this a make this a corner where the angels go on assignment. God, let every every person that goes through here be blessed. God, touch them if they're having a rough day. Touch them. God, every car that goes through here, minister to that car. God, go home with them. Be with them. And I claimed a mile around that whole that whole corner as my 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 prayer area. But anybody who would come through that area, I waved, I grinned, I smiled. You know, and after a while, you know, if they walked through my 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 crosswalk, I would talk to them. And one day, my some of my coworkers started laughing. He says, "Man, Paul." said, your crosswalk is like this little community corner many times. Everybody's sitting there talking and laughing, and you're doing the work there too, but they like being around you. Well, you know what? They would come and, and they would talk about what was happening in their lives, uh, what was going on. We'd discuss things. and But I had an opportunity to just pray for people and to enjoy. When I said pray for people, they'd tell me the problems. You know, if they needed prayer immediately and we had the moment to do it, I would do it. But we would just go through it and and. I didn't, quote, I didn't preach at him. I didn't um, sit there and, and give him a sermon. I just, I was Paul. I was me being me in the kingdom of God, sharing what God had done for me when that opportunity rose, encouraging people, and you know, just lifting him up, having fun, just being a man of God that I needed to be. There was a period of time where I got sick, and I was gone from my corner, and they told me people were stopping in the office. What happened to Paul? Where's he at? Is he okay? I got cards. I got, you know, people uh, trying to just wanting to encourage me. When I finally went back on um, and I was able to go back to my post, I had people stopping their cars, coming over to talk to me. We're so glad you're back. Oh, we missed your smiling face. Paul, I'm glad my morning wave is back. I got my smile back again. Many times you do not realize just how important you are in the kingdom of God. Continue to do what God has called you to do exactly where you are at. I'm going to say it to you right again. You're important. Maybe you've never thought of yourself as important, but where God has placed you, you are uniquely there by yourself. And when I say by yourself, you might be in your own world, okay? God is there and you are important because now because you are the person of God that you are, God can pour out from your life to everyone around you. Now you say, okay, I got all that, Paul. But what do you mean I can pour out in my life to those around me? That's the exciting part of being a Christian. You see, you as an individual are empowered to minister. What? I'm empowered to minister? Yes, you are empowered to minister in such a way that, okay, let's, let's go back to the Word of God. In the Gospels, what do you see Jesus doing? And you'll say, well, he was out there speaking with the people. You know, some people say, well, I can remember he turned water into wine. Well, I remember he prayed for the blind man and their eyes got healed. Oh, I remember that um, what he fed 5,000. And you can go through the word of God and find out all the things that Jesus did. And I'll ask you, well, how did he do them? Well, he said, well, he was the son of God. Well, he was Jesus. And you got to understand, when Jesus came down to earth, he left his godly power in heaven, folks. He didn't have an edge on, on, on human beings. When he was born, he was just like you or me. He was human. He had left all that godly power in heaven. So then, Paul, how, how did he do the things that he did? The same way that we do. Folks, when you accept Christ into your life, when, when God comes into your life, the Bible says that, you know, he, he empowers us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses in what? Judea, in Samaria, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. And Jesus set the example for what we as individuals can do through him. Not on our own, through him. And he, I like to look at it. So, you mean I can be somewhere and and God can use me like he used Jesus? Like I could pray for people and I can expect them to be healed? Yes. Okay, Brother Paul. Uh, raising the dead? Yes. It's like, have you ever raised the dead, Brother Paul? 
Not yet, I haven't. But if the opportunity avails myself, would I pray? Yes, I would. Why? My question is, why not? We are Christians, folks. We the, the, the Word of God says that we're sent out. In fact, I like, I like in the Word of God, in Mark chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 7, and then 12 to 13. And it says, And he called unto him the twelve, and he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth by two and two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Isn't it interesting? He sent out his twelve, two by two, the disciples. They had no power within himself, within themselves, but said he gave them the power. And, and when you look at that, wait, where did he get his power? He got his power from the almighty God. Folks, Jesus lived a sinless life. When you have no sin in your life, there is no blockage. How God can just pour into you of his Holy Spirit. And he did. He poured into Jesus. And Jesus gave them the authority and power over the enemy. He was teaching them how to use it, how to work with it, what to expect. And that's the same thing with us. We as God's children can be used of God. Even in this day and age, the Bible says God has not changed. He doesn't lie. He, he has not changed. He's the same yesterday, yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, if those in the past were used of God, and those in the past in their society, in their culture, God used them, then if I am no different and God sees us all the same, and we're equal in his sight in my, in my lifestyle, in my country, among my people. Am I not also, uh, according to the word of God, am I not empowered to minister among them and expect the same things? I know some people don't believe that the power of God moves these days. But you know what? Go back and look at the revivals that happened in the past. God has not changed. You know, look at the societies that have been changed by the, by, by the movement of God, ours can be changed the same way. We, learn, we, we, when we are accepting of Christ and what he will do in our lives, we can mightily be used, mightily be used of God. When we go back in Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 2, verse 9, and then 17 to 20, it says, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest, and heal the sick that are therein, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. Then I like this part. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Folks, it hasn't changed. God can use you. Wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to me at, I want you to say with me right, right now, God can use me. You know what? Now go find a self. I'm sorry. Go find yourself a mirror, or if you have a mirror in your purse or close by you, hold it up. If there's a a glass where you can see your reflection, real good. I want you to stand there. I want you to put the biggest grin on your face. I want you to look at your image in the eye, and I want you to say, "Did you hear me? God can use me." And look at it and smile. And then one more time. This time, I want you to stand in the middle of the room, wherever you're at. And I want you to look up to heaven. And I want you to say, God, you can use me. And then I want you to thank God because you're speaking the truth. So here's the thing. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, you as an individual can be used of God. Everything 
that you see his disciples having done everything, that you see Jesus doing and praying for people. And folks, those are things that are available to you today. The Spirit of the Almighty God flows within you. The power of the Almighty God flows within you. What it takes is us taking that first step and being used of God and saying, yes, Lord, fill me, use me. Taking that first step and watching God meet you. Now, here's the thing. Well, Brother Paul, what happens if I pray for them and they don't get healed? Understand this. Your responsibility is not in healing them. You have no power to heal them. Your responsibility of the, of this, as a Christian is to represent Christ, bring him into the situation, and it becomes God's responsibility to do all that. See, that takes all the problem out of it, is that so many times it's like, well, if this doesn't happen, my reputation is going down. No, if it doesn't happen, then there's a reason for it. Many times I've gone back and prayed again. I've gone back and prayed a third time. I think one time we prayed seven times, and finally it took place. We grew by it. We learned. God doesn't do things the same way. Sometimes healing is progressive. Sometimes there are steps that are taken because in the healing process, God grows the individual. We don't know those things. Our responsibility is just to be the person that God can use and pray through them. Do you understand me? You can be used of God. And yes, you can expect that God will do things. Many times you will see when it happens instantly. Many times you will see when it becomes a process. Sometimes it doesn't take place and you wonder why. And even then you will know that God is faithful and there was a reason for it. Folks, God is good all the time. It doesn't, he doesn't change. Now let me speak to you as an individual. I've said you can be used. We've talked about it. The first thing you need to do is have your communication. Folks, come on, talk to the Lord. He's looking for you to talk to them. Secondly, understand that your, your individual relationship, your day-by-day talking, speaking, interacting, you know, just spending that time with God, it's very important because the more time you spend, the better it gets because the more you understand God. Then remember, too, you have that very special place that God himself has placed you in. And you can be used where God has placed you. The Bible says you're an important part of that body. Because it says where one member of the body hurts, we all hurt. So you know what? Get in there. Do your best. You know, when you're doing what God says for you to do it, ignore anybody else who's coming against you. God's on your side and will work with you. And then remember, you are empowered to minister. You're empowered. When you realize that you're empowered and you step out and let God, and can let God use you, you'll see things begin to happen. So what's the final thing? Hey, enjoy being who you are. Minister as yourself. Go out there, be yourself. You don't have to be the the... You know, who's out there today? I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? You don't have to be a Joel Osteen and do things his way. You know, you don't have to be a Dutch Sheets. You know, you don't have to be a Cindy Jacobs. You don't have to be any of the big people. You don't have to be a John Kilpatrick. They're wonderful men and women of God, but they're ministering as God called them to minister. So when you go out to minister, minister as yourself. Be yourself. You know, as we, as we grow, we will change will become more and more like Christ. But as we start off, hey, start off as you are. Take the first step. Do what God has asked you to do. Move in Him. Have a lot of fun. Let me tell you one last story, okay? This is, this is one that I've always enjoyed because I've always enjoyed this young man of God. His name was Elliot. It was a Wednesday night service. And we were there before church started. We used to get there an hour before, and we'd walk around, and we would pray. This one day, Elliot walks in, and he's on crutches. He says, and from the back of the church, he hollers up, Hey, pastor, I'm here because God's going to heal me. And and I'm looking at Elliot, and he's just slowly, he's coming up on his crutches. And he's, he's favoring, uh, it was I think it was his right foot. And said, he, got, he comes up, and we gathered around. There was, you know, several guys. So, Elliot, what happened? Ah, uh, 
I was playing basketball and I came down wrong on my foot. And he said, and they told me I've, um, my ligaments are torn. You know, I've got a sprain on it. He just, he, he just named that there were several things that were wrong with it. It was swollen, everything. He said, Pastor, I've come because God's going to heal me. He said, I'm determined that God's going to heal me because he said, and he quoted the scriptures, he said, God will heal. I, I need to be on this foot. So, okay, let's pray. So we prayed the first time. And when we prayed, it's okay, Elliot, what, tell me what's going on. And he, and he put a little pressure on his foot. You know, Lord, you know, Pastor, it feels better. Uh, there's not, it's not as tight. And I can put a tiny bit of pressure on it. Okay, not a problem. And so we went back to praying a second time. And I remember we prayed probably about, I think he was the one we prayed for seven times. And each time we'd ask him, Elliot, tell us what's happening now. And I remember the, the, the sixth time we prayed, he goes, wow. He says, you know, it seems to be it's just like almost done. But he goes, there's just this slight twinge. And he pointed to the spot. And he goes, other than that, he goes, man, this, this foot is feeling good. And the swelling had gone down and everything. And so I said, okay, good. Let's pray. And we prayed that final time when we rebuked that twinge. And when we were done, he was laughing. He was smiling. He had his full weight upon his foot. He had laid his crutches against the wall. And he had walked up and down a little bit, jumped up on the, you know, a little bit. He goes, ah, it's good as news. Or good as new. He says, I'm wearing, this is nice. And he started walking toward the back. Hey, Elliot, your crutches. Oh, pastor, keep them. Somebody else might need them. But he said, right now I'm healed. Ah, leave them there. And as he's walking to the back, here comes one of our other guys in. And uh, he's injured. He, uh, he fell out of a treehouse. <laughs> Story in itself. But Elliot turned to him and said, bro, what happened to you? He goes, ah, fell out of a treehouse. Well, bro, I just got healed. And I'm going to pray for you. And Elliot laid his hands on him and began to pray. Again, I'm going to encourage you. You can be used of God. You can be greatly used of God. God wants you just to take your time, depend upon Him, and just move in Him. So, next time you look in the mirror, smile really big at yourself. If you're a man, say to yourself, Wow, how are you doing, you good-looking man of God? Did you know that God's going to use you? Ladies, when you look in the mirror, Think to yourself, you know what? I'm that wonderful, beautiful handmaiden of God that God can use. Lord, I'm in your hands. Guide my day. And folks, just go out there. Be yourself. Minister in the kingdom of God and be used of him. And you will. And God is so very good. Well, I hoped you and... Oh. You know what? I've always enjoyed telling stories. As you can tell in the message I've used, I've, I've talked about some. But there are times where when you're speaking, people said, Paul, can I really, can I really be used of God? Can I tell a couple stories? One I really enjoy. This one was fun. We were at a Bible school. And what we were doing is we were teaching people to pray for each other. And as we taught them, um, we always tell them, we're going to come up, we're going to teach you the principles. After we teach you the principles, we want you to put them to work. And they would say, okay, that's just fine. So we had been teaching them, you know, when you pray for people, uh, don't try to push people down and make yourself look good. If God wants to knock them down, that's up to the Lord. Our, our responsibility is, is, you know, basically to anoint them with oil and ask God to heal. And I remember we had this, uh, we were in the Philippine Islands and we had this young lady. And she was, she was petite, small, and she didn't think that she was anything. You know, she was embarrassed. She didn't feel like she had the, um, all the skills and the abilities to be used. But it was time to pray. And she was the one that was there. And I said, sister, are you ready? And she looked at me and it was like, it's just like, I said, you're nervous, aren't you? And she said, yes, I am. I said, okay, this is all you have to do. I said, put some oil on your finger, 
and gently touch him and say, Father, bless. Because we're just, we're going through the uh, congregation preaching, um, praying for them. That's all, Pastor? I said, just do that. And so she very tentatively, very shyly put some oil on her hand. And I always remember this because it was a tall guy. She actually had to reach her hand up pretty high to, to anoint his forehead with oil. And he would, boy, he was just standing there. And you can just sense he was wanting God to touch him. There was a wonderfulness of God there. And she very gently reached up and she touched him. And before she could say, Lord, touch him, that young man just just fell under the power of God. And her hand was there and he was laying on the floor just, just crying out to the Lord. You know, and later on it was like he, he got up and you can tell he had mightily been touched by the Lord. But here was this little young lady and she had this expression on her face. Her eyes were big. Her mouth had dropped open. And and I said, didn't think it was going to happen, did you? And she shook her head, no. And I said, now, go have fun. Go pray for someone else. And she did. So many times, again, we we often put ourselves down wondering, what can God use me for? My first time that I actually went to pray for somebody, again, we were in the Philippine Islands. We were in uh, Paris Lupau. My brother and myself had gone with my father, and we were holding a ministry. Basically, we were holding a revival service. And we had gone out on a Sunday morning to one of the outstations. And we had we were, in fact, no, I'm talking, I missed. We were there at the church. I apologize. And we had preached that morning that God could heal. God could heal you. And, of course, you know, I had been in America, had preached like this before, and you know, in, in our regular churches. But you got to understand, when you go to other countries and you preach these things, you better be willing to back it up. Because if you said that God can do it, then they're going to believe you and ask you to do it. And after, after we um, had finished preaching, it was time to pray for people. One of the ladies came up and she brought her son. And it was very interesting because I had never run into this before. But he had a body fever. And you could actually stand you know, a good two feet away from him. And you could feel the heat coming off of his body. It was that hot. And he, the kid was miserable. You could see how miserable he was. And the mother came up and she said, Brother, you preached on that God could heal, right? I said, yes. She says, I need God to heal my son. He needs to be healed right now. And I looked over, like I said, and, and boy, he was he, his kid was miserable. And so I looked over and, I mean, my first time being confronted by what I had really preached in another country. And I looked over for my brother, and I motioned him over. He's my my eldest brother, and I said, "Claudio, I said this is what's going on. He has a you know he has a, a fever, and she's asked us to pray for him." And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and it was our first time really being confronted. We had preached the gospel. Hey, now now let it be proven in your life. And I remember my brother looking at looking at me and saying, "So, bro, what do we, what can we lose out of this one?" What's the worst thing that could happen? And I, and I laughed. I said, that God wouldn't answer. And I said, and God's going to answer. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'll anoint him in the front. He said, put your hand back on his, on his, on, behind his shoulder blades. Let's pray for him. And we prayed. And I remember my brother going, Father, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke this body fever and the authority of that, man, that name and command it in the name of Jesus to break. And he goes, now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And at that very moment when he said now, I felt a rush of heat just come out of the back of my hand and boom. He felt it. My brother felt it as it rushed out of his. And that body fever broke then and there. Broke then and there. And that, that young man was restored. And the mothers just looked at us and said, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And they left. I looked at my brother. My brother looked at me and said, amen. God honors what God is doing. You see, you'll be called upon many times to do things that you're uncomfortable with, to pray for people. My whole thing is, is folks, it's not about us. It's about God. And God really can do it. And you'll see some, some really surprising things. Like when we are, again, these, a lot of these happened in the Philippines because this is where we were at at the time. 
You ever see a foot that's broken snap back into place? My friend Dennis was praying for this young man. He, he called me over and said, hey, Paul, can you, can you back me in prayer? I said, sure. He goes, take a look. He said, this, his leg is broken, or his foot is broken. And as I looked, the leg, the, the foot was, you could just see, you could tell it was broken. The, the front part of the foot was, was over. And Dennis said, let's just pray. Dennis gently laid his hands on it and said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we command this leg to be healed. And I watched, and it looked like Dennis snapped the foot back into place. But he told me later, no, I just had it lightly there, and the, the front part just snapped back into place. But God healed it. And that young man went running around the church, had this really surprised expression. But God was good. We saw it happen. So, you know, God can really use you. And let me encourage you. God can truly, truly, truly use you. If you will give God the opportunity just to be God in your life, if you'll be willing to pray for people, hey, you'll see great things take place. And it's not about us. It brings glory and honor unto him all the time. If you allow it to, it's not about us. It's about God. So I'll tell you what, why don't you go out and have fun? Why don't you go out and have a great time in God? Why don't you go out? And be used of him mightily. And let him use you. You can be used. You want one more quick one? Do this real quick. I want you to lay your hand upon your head. And I want you to say, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I truly want to be used of you. God, I want you to do these things in my life. I want the power of God to move through my life. So Father, right now I put my hand, I put my life in your hands and I ask you, Lord, use me for your glory. Let everything that is done bring honor and praise to your name. And Lord, would you allow me, Lord God, to speak and to lead souls into the kingdom of God and Father, to explain the principles that they too, as they follow Christ, can be used of him. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this wonderful thing that you are doing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We have run out of time, but Faith City Outreach can be heard again on Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. This radio program is sponsored by King Jesus Christ Ministries in Phoenix, Arizona. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. If you are looking for a holy-spirited and bilingual church in the Phoenix, Arizona area, I invite you to King Jesus Christ Ministries at 3106 North 35th Avenue, Suite 3, Phoenix, Arizona. The zip code is 85017. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.